All right, welcome to Geek Warning, a special bonus episode. I'm here with two people instrumental in the creation of Shimano's gravel-focused range. Uh, that debuted a few years back, GRX. And now there are new things to talk about GRX. Well, to get to know the people that are going to be on this podcast, I'll get you both to introduce yourselves and what you do at Shimano. I'm Dave Lawrence. I'm the road and gravel product manager for North America. And I'm Nick Legan, the road and gravel brand manager for North America. Thank you. And Nick, can you confirm how much Shimano is paying for this episode? Close to zero dollars. Close to? Okay. I mean, uh, we did give you a t-shirt and a bandana. That's true. I did yeah. I did make a comment. We're in Bend, Oregon. I did make a comment that my goal for being in Bend, Oregon was to leave here without a beer-themed t-shirt. And we fixed that. And so so Nick made that impossible for me. Uh, it's very comfortable, so thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, to be clear, this isn't sponsored content. Uh, I thought there's a lot of interesting things to talk about, and some people don't like to read the length that I go into on some of these things, and some people like to hear about them. So sure. I figured let's record a podcast and dive into what's new and perhaps what isn't and Perfect. what hasn't been talking uh, talked about so far. So... Yeah, well, if you like pictures and you like words, check out escapecollective.com. There will be a full write-up on this. But uh, yeah, if you just want the podcast, you're at the right place. All right, let's start with the basics. We're looking at new GRX 12-speed, and at least for now, it's mechanical only. Yeah, there's no DI2 yet. All right, so when the previous GRX was released, it came with mechanical and DI2 options. Why just start with mechanical here? Well, we couldn't do everything at the same time. We knew that going in. So we looked at where could we kind of impact the most people. And the reality is probably 75% of the gravel bikes out there are mechanical. So that's where we started. Uh, of course, we will get to DI2, but... In due time. Okay. All right. 75% uh, is mechanical. I mean, that's, I guess, yeah, you look at you look at the market and what's being pushed in the market. I mean, that's there's a lot of electronic being pushed out there. That's, that's, a, that's a big number to, to think the market is. Um, like, what, what informs that data? Is it, is it mainly bike company demand or where are, you, where are you pulling that, I guess, three quarters yeah, it's, figure from? Yeah. It's by company demand, you know, it's our internal sales numbers. It's also looking at uh, total global sales numbers as well. Um, and, the, and the competitive landscape. Absolutely, yeah. We can infer a lot. Okay. All right. So as far as uh, it's a full group set being announced, uh, and there is only one full group set being announced, there are some parts in uh, a lower end range, but it's it's an 800 series group set. So I guess that's a Shimano Altegra or XT equivalent if you're comparing to road or mountain bike group sets. Uh, and then there, there are some 600 series parts, which we'll, we will cover briefly uh, that can be mixed and matched in. But uh, yeah, let's let's get started. So talking about the 800 series, there are a few gearing options here. Um, I guess more choice than people may expect. What are we looking at? Yeah, so we have three distinct drivetrain personalities, we're calling them. Uh, they have names, as a matter of fact, not just uh, alphanumeric uh, indicators. Uh, we're calling them unstoppable, unbeatable, and undroppable. So the unstoppable range is a one by with a 1051 cassette. That's going to sound familiar to mountain bikers who are on our Shimano drivetrains. 
The Unbeatable is also a one-buy option. That's with a 1045 cassette. And then we have our undroppable range, which is a 2x12 with something pretty similar, pretty close to its its previous generation, its predecessor. Um, that'll have a 4831 chainring combo and then uh, 1134 or 1136 cassette options. Okay. All right. I'll, I've got some questions that I will get to that a little bit later. Um, but undroppable, so that's referring to that you've got that much faith in front shifting. That it's it's a it's actually there. There's some duality there. Actually, uh, the name doesn't just pull out of thin air. I mean, we are referring, of course, to the fact that we have amazing front shifting. Um, we're also talking about the fact that when you're, when you're in a group, um, you're less likely to get dropped or spun out because it does have a pretty high. It it, it does skew to a, a top end of the uh, speed range. Okay. Uh, did we have we? Let's let's talk about gear ratios now. So you've mentioned the cassette sizes. Uh, as far as one by goes, I mean, there's there's probably fewer chainring choices than I had assumed there would be. Mm. Uh, what are the options there? Yeah. So in the 800 series, we offer for our one by, we offer a 40 tooth and a 42 tooth. Um, we can get to it later if you'd like, but I can also mention briefly yeah, that for, for the first time we are offering a 38 tooth. Uh, in the 600 series, so a slightly more affordable price point. Yeah, so that's a steel chainring versus that's right. yep, a yep. lighter weight aluminium. Exactly. Aluminium. Yep, okay. And uh, and then the 2 by there's uh, there's more limited options there. There's, there's There used to be, I guess, two 2 by options. Now there's... Or maybe I'm mistaken on that. Well, actually, uh, if you look at the 600 series, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to jump ahead, but uh, yeah, the chainrings are a 4630, which is something that's carried over from the 11-speed generation. And then we have the 4831 chain rings in the 800 series. And those are fully inter- intercompatible, so they use the same crank arm. Uh, in fact, the crank arm is, is, is it's exactly the same as the 11-speed era. So if you have a third-party power meter, you can just bolt up a set of new chain rings, whether that's one by or two by, yep. and, and install a 12-speed group. Yeah, but new chain rings are needed because we're that's talking right. about a new different tooth profile. Yep. yep, okay. I've got a question on that, which again, I will get to. Uh, so, okay, let's cover what isn't new. Uh, what parts are carrying over? We've, we've, we mentioned the crank arms. What else is carrying over? There really isn't too much outside of um, the gear ratios that we're offering in the the one bike, 1045 and the 1051. Those are mountain bike cassettes that we have already had available. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the chain. So the chain is a carryover, I guess you could say, from uh, all our 12-speed groups between Durace, Altegra, XTR, XT, SLX, Diori. Um, so it's nice that we have one like common chain. And then we share some cassettes in the 2 by. So you have Altegra already had an 1134 cassette. Uh, we also make a Durace level if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also make a 105 level, okay. 1134 if you want. Yeah. Uh, and then there's an 1136, which is uh, specific to kind of the GRX and 105. Okay. And that was a, a pre-existing cassette released with 105 DI2? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. I do have a question on that. So I guess at this point, I'm going to get geeky. There is a there is a warning there to listeners. But uh, so looking at the range, there's one by groups use effectively Shimano XT cassettes, as we just mentioned. The 11 to 34 is effectively an Altegra, but you have options, price point higher or lower there. But that 11 to 36 tooth cassette, being 105, it, it loses the HG plus shifting. Um, can you explain HG plus? Sure. It's it's actually was introduced on our mountain bike first with these, you know, these cassettes, 1045, 1051, 
Uh, it's basically what it's trying to do is, you know, originally we had Hyperglide, um, which helped your inward shift. So there's ramps built into the the cog and the teeth and how the, like the chain interfaces with the, the cogs and how it moves from cog to cog. Um, where it was kind of a weak point was the outward shift. It was kind of clunky. And so what we've done is it's we have going to a harder gear, going to a harder gear. Yeah, so we, yeah. we call an outward shift. Sure. Um, it tended to be more clunky. And um, so we worked on changing the profile of the cogs so that it would do kind of both. It would do that smooth inward shift and then it would do that a, a much smoother outward shift. Okay. And so that's what you see on uh, the mountain bike uh, one by cassettes. Like I said, they've been around for about three or four years. Then we launched it with Durace and Altegra on the close gear ratio cassettes. Okay. All right. And uh, I mean, my understanding of it is a lot of that comes from the chain design with, with that sort of overlapping in a link profile. Can you, can you explain that? I guess what that might look like to someone trying to visualize and, uh, and yeah, what the advantage is there or what the goal was, was with that chain design, that 12 speed chain design. Well, the biggest thing is, you know, we're, we're designing around that interface with the cog tooth profile. Um, so trying to explain it over, yeah. <laughs> over talking yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> versus a visual. Yes, lots of uh, hand movements. Yeah, lots there's of hand some, movements There's here. some scribbling on the table right now. And, so uh, basically, it's what, it's, what you're doing is you're releasing from one cog to the next um, but still maintaining a connection between the two cogs. So you never have uh, the kind of the chain um, off of a cog at any one time is really kind of what it boils down to. And then that that chain profile is designed around that, but it's also designed around the one by uh, tooth profile of the chain rings. So we have um, the profile in the new chain rings, the new one by chain rings, the 12 speed uh, holds the chain on much better than the 11 speed. We learned some things when we went to 12 speed mountain bike and um, that's now all integrated into the, the GRX one by chain rings as well. Okay. So it's, it's basically, it's more tooth engagement at the front and it's more tooth engagement in, in the cassette as well, in a sense, like yes. there's, there's always, regardless of whether it's an inner link or outer link, the chain is effectively engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in that case, what does it mean to not have HD plus in a cassette? Is it, is it, it's, it's a subtle change in the tooth profile. Is that, is that it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And you have more money in your wallet. More money in your wallet. What might a rider experience by, by having say a 105 cassette versus the Altegra level cassette? Uh, I mean, it's a subtle change. It really is. Um, you might feel a little bit more of a, I don't want to say clunk, but um, that is generally the experience of, of kind of that outward shift in a standard HG, which is what 105 is. Um, and like, like Nick mentioned, it is a cost-saving measure. So that's mm -hmm. one, of the re, one of the ways that we're able to differentiate, you know, kind of a 105 level cassette and an Altegra level cassette. Because gotcha. it's like less machining on the tooth profile and that yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Especially right. with a close gear step. Uh, gotcha. A little more complicated, you know, than yeah. it is with a, a nice wide cassette for uh, one okay. by. Gotcha. Okay. All right. But you can afford more coffee. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good trade. 
Uh, and then HG Plus on the mountain bike side, say people wanted to save some money with the GRX one by options. Uh, I mean, it's the current cassettes are, are basically an XT. How low can you go in the mountain bike range before you lose that HG Plus capability? It's actually available in all of the mountain right, bike. Right down to Dior. All the way down to Dior. Wow. Okay. Um, the one difference in Dior is you don't have an option for the 1045. Okay. It's just a 1051 oh, cassette. Okay. So there's a 1045 option at SLX level then? Correct. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. More options. All so right. Just to be clear, it it is a little bit easier to manufacture when the wide gear steps. Gotcha. When you get into the closed gear steps, it gets a little complicated. Okay. All right. Uh, sorry, roadies. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's still a very good cassette. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, let's let's talk about the the levers, the hoods. Uh, what's new here? What what's changed? What's the same? Well, our engineers spent a lot of time looking and considering the needs of the gravel rider, and the cockpit is one of those areas that that is is super important. I mean, we've all experienced it um and so when they were looking at what was arguably already a really great mechanical lever in our 11 speed series uh we started to look at what are the trends what's happening out in the market and the biggest one is is the proliferation of flared drop handlebars um it's it's it's, it is the oe spec out the default for a gravel bike is a flared bar of some degree um and so there was some some improvement to be made. You know, if if you were doing a mega long ride or had hands that, you know, maybe hadn't been riding much, you had um, a little bit of a um, a pressure increase when you used the 11-speed era lever on a, especially a really drastically flared handlebar. And so uh, uh, the the SIC, sorry, the Japanese uh, R&D team did some some analysis and some market research and, and came up with some some values that seemed like a, a nice middle range and then have changed that lever. Basically, it's it's less square in cross-section. It's more rounded off. Um, and that just decreases pressure on the hand. So it, okay. it increases surface area of your contact. And so it's a little bit more comfortable. Okay. All right. And uh, that doesn't have an impact on, say, riders with smaller hands at all? That's No. In fact, it might even be better for, for mm-hmm. riders with small hands because it. I, 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 actually, I'm not sure if it the circumference is any smaller, but the shape is rounder, mm. which I think would probably kind of help. Like, yeah. I mean, I haven't measured it, but it feels smaller. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then the blade is retained. It's essentially the same blade, um, but it's positioned a little bit differently. Still has the same um, anti-slip coating on it. And then the hood still received the nice ribbed um, texture on there so that you're not slipping off the side of it as well. Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, and uh, let's, the, the flare that they, they were kind of designed around, I mean, they're, they're optimized for flared handlebars. Yeah. Um, I think the range they looked at was like 12 to 16 degrees, something like that. Yeah, those are, you know, when you look at the complete bike spec, uh, that was most common. Mm-hmm. Of course, they were great on like a 20 degree flare. Uh, really fits nicely. And one of the other things we we looked at is, you know, not only the pressure points, but then kind of the bend of your wrist, the way it sits on the hood. Okay. So because it's designed to kind of mold to that flare, it also kind of brings the the hood in ever so slightly, kind of road arrow-like, Interesting. if you're trying to picture it. Yeah. Um, okay. But it also lets your hand, your wrist sit in a more natural position when you're kind of resting on from the bar with your hand on the tops of the hoods. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess someone, uh, people that have perhaps seen the previous 
11 speed uh, DI2 versions, they might have seen that that version had like a change in the brake pivot point. Uh, and that was all around sort of optimizing leverage over the brake lever, was it? And uh, I guess there's some constraints there when it comes to mechanical. Uh, was that changed at all? Is that carried over? What's the story there? It carries over. Um, the biggest thing you saw with the DI2 lever is one, like you said, you have a lot more freedom because you don't have a shifting mechanism in there. Um, but we felt that the with the hood shape and those improvements, um, the pivot didn't really need to change. Okay. Um, the blade shape, I think, really complements the stroke that it has right now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we wrote it today and yeah, I can't say I was feeling a lack of braking power or anything so it works uh all right speaking of uh okay i'm not going to miss them but maybe some people might ask this question no more inline brake lever option was mentioned today is that is that staying in the range it is okay yeah we didn't uh we didn't talk about it Mm -hmm. but it's a continuing product there's no changes to it at all but it continues in the lineup in fact, you can even run those inline on your road bike if you have a round handlebar. I mean, it's okay. compatible with Durace, Altegra, 105, and GRX. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, what's and if dem- you'd like to buy a few of them, Dave, we're, we have some in stock. I was going to ask, like, uh, what's the demand on those like? It's, you know, it's, it's very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's huge. Uh, do not see too many complete bikes that way. But um, for certain riders, it seems to be popular. Yeah, we actually have a sponsored athlete on the Great Divide right now, Jay Peterberry, who's running a set. Okay. Um, he loves them. He runs a, 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 well, he's on a pretty interesting hodgepodge, but um, he's running a GRX DI2 11 speed mm-hmm. group set. He runs the inline uh, uh, sub levers, and then he puts an extra set of shifters there so he can shift from his aero bars. He can brake and shift from his tops or his hoods or his drops. Interesting. Pretty cool setup. Okay. So proper endurance. Absolutely. Stuff. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice to have options. Uh, perhaps a touchy topic. Uh, has anything? Oh, you, Dave. Yeah, has anything been done with the the cable path out of the shifter, perhaps to help improve cable durability? Actually, that is all you, Dave. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, we had made some changes to like the actual um, shifting cable, um, increase the durability at the at the head. You know where it kind of fits into the ST lever and have not had any issues over the last probably two or three years. Okay. Um, All right. So if I I guess like this is a a question that applies to anyone with a Shimano road bike or or gravel bike that's running mechanical, like what's, what's the recommendation there? If they, if they are having issues, you're saying that your latest cables are are a solution. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And is that all ranges of cables or is there, is there a certain tier that they, they should spend up to to get that, that sort of feature? It should be on the kind of standard road setup. Okay. Um, yeah, our road cable kits. Okay. Yeah. All right. So like that, well, no, I don't even know what it's called. The polymer kind of cable, is it? The Yes. So anything Why? above the stainless steel cable, basically. Well, you got us there because yeah. we Sorry, we have, we have not talked mechanical in such a long time. That <laughs> Sorry, we're kinda... this is this is a question outside of the what we discussed today, so it probably no, not no, top of not mind. At all. But uh, yeah, it's a good question, and like I said, um, for me, it's based on like the feedback we get from the market, and this has not been an issue probably in I'd say three or four years. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. So use different cables, and problem might go away. Yeah. All right. I think I'm even guilty of that. I might need to try change the cables I have in stock and 
uh, yeah, check this out. So, all right. Uh, let's move away from the shifters. Um, actually, let's stay with the shifters because there is a 600 series shifter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a carryover product in a, in essence from from previous GRX. Is Basically, it? I mean, yeah. of course, it's it's gone to the 12 speed. It's got an extra click in it. It's yeah. got an extra click. Yes. Yeah. Um, what we did do is we added that same texture that mm-hmm. you get on the 8 series onto this hood. Um, and then we, so we it's got that ribbed kind of grippy hood, grippy yep. thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that wasn't available in the previous, the 11 speed version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the hood shape is the same as the 11 speed version. Okay. All right. And so there's a chance to like get the new hood, put it on your old shifter, perhaps you could. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That could be a nice little upgrade. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I guess that 600 series, otherwise, as far as things you lose, you lose the servo wave technology and the hydraulic disc brakes. Yes. Anything else you lose? No dropper post. Okay. All right. So dropper post, uh, that's an option in the 800 series lever. You can, there's, I guess there's three different left-hand levers. Can you tell me about those? Sure. So we have, there's just a standard two-by, you know, which will shift the front derailleur. Mm-hmm. And then we make a brake lever. So yep. it's... There's no side-to-side movement. But then we make, it's, it, we actually call it an ST when you look at the model number, and it will actuate a dropper post. So it doesn't have the kind of click that you would get in a shifter, but it's just kind of spring-loaded mm-hmm. and will actuate a, a dropper post. Yep, like a cable actuated dropper post. Yep. And I guess there's some tricky things to consider there, which is you need the the dropper post to be able to connect the cable at the dropper post end because the shifter holds well that lever holds the cable head at its end is that correct correct yeah uh and then you change the pull ratio to make it more compatible yes so we actually added a little bit more cable pull okay. to make it compatible with just about everything out there yep i think 10 mil is yes what I wrote down okay so there you go um nice little update there let's let's move back to the back of the bike again uh i'm jumping around uh, the one by derailleur. Uh, this I actually really like. So the derailleur itself is effectively the same regardless of what whether you use that 10 to 45 tooth or the 10 to 51 tooth cassette. But the cages are different. Uh, you've made the cages interchangeable. So you can swap between cage sizes. Um, what are, What's the difference between the cages? So one you'll notice, the first thing you notice is the length. Yeah. Because of course you're going to need to take up more more chain. But then the position of that top pulley and, and where it's oriented relation, related to the cassette, um, they're different because of the, you know, the, the size of the cassettes, the biggest cogs. So, so that 10 to 45, I guess the, the GS. The GS der- cage. Derailleur, the yeah. shorter cage, that puts that top pulley like more, more up and forward a bit, I guess. Up and forward, it? yes. Yeah, okay, all right. And then the, the SGS is the long cage for, for your 51 tooth cassette. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Um, yeah, kudos on making the derailleur that you can change a cage on. I mean, that's that's quite neat. And uh, yeah, still Shadow Plus, still the same kind of clutch mechanism inside it with the on-off switch. Yes. Any changes to that? Nope. Basically the same. It mates up with uh, like XT level. Okay. Speaking of derailleurs, uh, does the shifter pull match anything else in Shimano's lineup? So it would match up with uh, anything road specific. So when it comes to 12 speed, we've also, we're, we're launching 105 mechanical. Okay. So, All right. 
Is that, that is that is that is another option. Is that is that coming out uh, same time? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, should I? Do we have time to even discuss what's what's happening there? Or sure. Okay. Absolutely. All right. I'll uh, we'll come back to that because uh, that's new to me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so the cable pool is not the same as mountain bike. Correct. Okay. So you couldn't put a mountain bike derailleur with the new GRX. It's just not gonna. It's not gonna match up. Not yeah. gonna work well. Yeah. Okay. New wheels. What's uh? What are we looking at? <laughs> yeah, roundy bits. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so the new wheel is called the RX eight eighty. Uh, we're not calling it a GRX wheel. It's a non-series or a Shimano branded wheel, uh, but it does retain the same, in my opinion, amazing carbon fiber rim that we have on the previous gen GRX wheel. So that's a twenty-five mil internal width, a uh, hooked bead, mm. um, and then it has an all-new hub structure. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, an all-new hub structure that receives direct engagement, free hub structure uh, that you'll have seen on XT, XTR, Dura-Ace. Uh, and then it has uh, a Shimano First, which is interchangeable free hub bodies. So we have, for the same wheel, you can run it with a 1x or a 2x GRX drivetrain. Uh, and that'll use, of course, a micro-spline free hub body. If you're running a one by one by, yeah, and then a hyperglide or HG L2 splined uh, free hub for your two by. So that's an alloy free hub body, uh, and in that case, both of those free hub bodies are twelve speed specific. Okay, and it's important to talk about these in very particular yeah. terms. Yeah, please do. The two by cassettes, however, the eleven thirty four, the eleven thirty six, twelve speed cassettes are reverse compatible, meaning mm. you could put those on this new RX-880 wheel, or you could put those on, let's say you have an 11-speed era third-party hub, yeah, Shimano, Shimano yeah. NV, so on and so forth. Um, so you Pretty can standard free hub, buddy. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You can still upgrade your bike and your bling wheels mm-hmm. with a 12-speed 2 by. And then it's up to the wheel manufacturer to see if they have the ability to, to put a micro-spline on that hub. Yeah, so that HGL2, I mean, let's just... Stick with that for a second. Sure. That was introduced with Durace 12 right. speed. And the idea of it was basically to like prevent cog digging in into lightweight free hub bodies. I, I love the question because yeah. the why of these things is important to to discuss because we don't ever want to just create a new standard for the sake of a new standard or because mm-hmm. it was easy for us. We're always thinking about the consumer, the bike shop mechanic, the OE customer. Um, the why of Hyperglide L2 is a lighter free hub body and therefore a lighter wheel. That's what it comes down to. Um, to go lighter than what we had previously made, predominantly in steel as a free hub body and sometimes in titanium at a Durace or XTR level, is to go aluminum. Um, but when you make an aluminum free hub body, aluminum is, as a lot of people know, it's a softer material. And so we needed to increase the surface area in order to prevent cogs from digging into that free hub body to a, to a point where they wouldn't pass our internal QC. So that's the why of Hyperglide L2. Okay. All right, uh, and so like to clear this up a bit, like so, microspine started in mountain bike. Yep, it was designed specifically to allow a ten tooth cog exactly fit on the free hub body. Uh, so it's kind of like a shortened free hub body that's kind of stubbier, yeah, to create space for so that smaller cog. Hangs it almost. That's right. And then the HGL two is that one we just spoke about, which is that lighter version that, yeah. that I guess allows Shimano to use a an aluminium or aluminum uh, right. that. Uh, <laughs> You know, when in the US, um, <laughs> uh, that, that prevents digging in. That's right. And then, uh, but yeah, most importantly to remember, and this is where people get very confused, is that all Shimano 12 speed road cassettes 
which are applicable to GRX two by that's right. drivetrains, uh, are still backwards compatible with eleven speed free hop. You're nailing it, Dave. Okay, You're nailing it. It's almost like I should do this as a job. Almost, <laughs> yeah. Almost. Uh, and, and visually, the yeah. the L two has the same kind of overall length as an HG. Yep. Right. Okay. So dimensionally, it's kind of a, a for a visual cue. If you have a quick reference, um, because they they can be visually confusing because it has more splines, HGL two. So mm-hmm. we, one could be mistakenly uh, yeah, led to believe that that's a micro spline. It is not. Okay. So. It, it pains me this topic because I, I mm, spent quite a while writing a very in depth guide with actual photos and measurements on all of these standards and a really deep detailed guide. Send me the link. Um, and I'm now like, I'm just not going to mention it. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so, all we've talked about so far, 12-speed um, parts. What about options at lower price points with perhaps fewer gears? Uh, does that carry on as, as uh, a pre-existing product? Is there something new coming? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we have done with 12-speed is we've added some, some lower cost pieces. So it's not a full group, but what you may see on a complete bike is maybe an option for a lower cost shifter, uh, the crank, um, same thing, might be a little bit lower cost, very nice. Um, the brakes, it might be at a 400 level, uh, okay. just helps bring the cost of the bike down. Okay. Uh, performance is all, of course, very good. Yeah. Um, and then looking backwards, 11 speed and 10 speed will continue. Okay. Um, of course, we're still making our 11 speed DI2 mm-hmm. still available. And then as is, as kind of standard practice for us, even if something uh, is no longer available as kind of a, an inline product, we continue to make it as a replacement product, you know? Okay. So, you know, as time goes on, 11 speed cassettes, 11 speed chains, all those things. Yeah, like what, I mean, this is a, a topic that I, I I really should do. I mean, it's been on my list and it deserves a bigger conversation. So I'm not going to really get into it now, but what's the sort of uh, time frame that you support those older, say like 11 speed DI2 for what, like internally, like is it, you know, you hear companies talk about five years in market, aftermarket or eight years aftermarket. What's, what's the Shimano policy for that? Well, it's the minimum of whatever the warranty is, you know, so last on sale date kind of thing. So okay. like Durace is a three-year warranty. Ultegra okay. is a two-year warranty. Okay. Um, but we generally maintain that product for, you know, five to seven years. But if there's continued demand, we'll keep making it. Gotcha. You know, we're still okay. making, you know, 10-speed road cassettes yeah. from 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, just because people are still looking to replace and... There's business to be had there. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, okay. and of course, we want to satisfy yeah, that user. Keep those bikes rolling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, if we've got time, I mean, I'd love to dive into quickly the, the 105 stuff and we'll cover that. Um, I mean, we've, we've kind of spoken a lot about technologies here, which I'm assuming overlap quite closely with, with 105. So what's the story with 105 Mechanical? So it was kind of an, um, an extension of 105 DI2 that we launched last year. And I know that was a big question is road going away from mechanical shifting forever. And it seemed like it. Yeah. It seemed like it. Yeah. yeah. But we knew it was coming. And, um, of course we could share common parts between the cassettes, the crank sets, the, you know, the rotors, the brakes, and really it was just manufacturing new, developing new, uh, shift levers and front derailleur 
in rear derailleur. So because the global demand is still there, um, you know, that price point is still, that has always been kind of that gateway to performance. And um, it's something we, we knew we needed to continue to make. Okay. How different is that shifter from, say, the GRX 600 series? Like what's, I mean, obviously the lever blade is going to be different, but what, like internally, is it the same? Is it even the same external structure? What's? It's actually a completely redesigned lever. And the biggest reason is with the 11-speed version, we had, actually, we had, excuse me, we had two versions of it. We okay. had a, what we call a standard uh, lever, standard reach, and then we made one for uh, kind of a shorter reach mm. in the lever. And honestly, we didn't get as much demand in the shorter reach as we thought we would. That's a shame. So to keep two separate skews was, you know, a little bit of a burden. But then we we dug into it deeper and we realized that we could take some of the learnings from GRX. Um, GRX seems to handle, or that design was handling a smaller hand much better. Mm-hmm. So we've integrated some of that design into the new 105 mechanical. So... We believe you should be able, you know, big hand, small hand with the new 105 12 speed, you should be able to find a good comfortable position okay. on that lever. Still got things like lever reach in it and, and exactly. all that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Is it a servo wave? Um, 105 is not. It's not. Okay, yeah, that's, so another that's another kind of cost down. Cost saving. Okay. Yeah. And again, those cassettes aren't the HD plus profiling. Okay. Correct. And still using same 12-speed chain carried over from mountain bike and mm-hmm. shared with GRX, same brake rotors you mentioned. Uh, and those derailers, I mean, that's new. I assume no clutch in the rear derailleur? No. Okay. But what did change is the addition of kind of a less a sub one-to-one gear ratio. Mm. So now we make Good. the 1136 available in both the 105 DI2 as well as the new 105 mechanical. Okay. All right. And just to confirm, people aren't necessarily getting slower. It's just tires are getting bigger, which means lower gearing is, is needed. So, it, oh, Nick has thoughts. Well, I would also argue that people are uh, spinning more yeah. instead of grunting yeah, sure. it out. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and in some cases, they are getting slower, <laughs> okay, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> like me. Uh, but no, I, I think it's a good point. I think that, that cadence awareness has grown, mm-hmm. is what I would say. And, and we've, see, we've certainly seen that. I mean, no one is asking, I shouldn't say no one. The world tour is asking for bigger gears, and we're giving it to them. But beyond the world tour, the very tippy top of of the sport, no one is asking for a bigger gear. Um, it, it's really it is the outlier now. Okay. So sub one to one for road is is a thing, and I mean we're we're happy to have it at one hundred five. Uh, so minor changes in the grand scheme of things to those derailers, I assume, like as perhaps a few new profiling to the cage to, to work better with 12 speed. And exactly. Yeah. Okay. Not a big changeover. I would yeah. say the lever that, you know, the, the hood yeah. and the lever interface yeah. uh, is the biggest change. Okay. Internally, did you have conversations about just keeping it to 11 speed? We did, but we have some things on the horizon. Okay. That, yeah. uh, you know, should fit in nicely. Is, is that a cue? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll be here till tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I think I've broken Nick. I'm sorry, Nick. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So there's perhaps new things coming in the the fewer gear range for a, a more affordable price points, perhaps. Exactly. Okay. All right. And I guess for for yours, from your point of view, having a 105 mechanical 
12 speed allows that crossover of components with the di2 and with everything else so i guess someone that gets the latest mechanical 105 bike could potentially upgrade their crank to an Altegra or a durace 12 speed and a cassette and absolutely yeah, yeah. up spec there mechanical i mean really what this boils down to dave is we listen to your podcast thank you and we know that some of you really really like mechanical mm-hmm. um so we made it for you we'll make sure you get a grip thank you yeah thank you that's all i was angling at really uh that's that's great news <laughs> uh all right so yeah i mean almost time to wrap up uh di2 can you say anything we can say di2 electrifying yeah, and absolutely that's you know for us that's uh, an important market as well you know we we love all our gravel riders okay no, and, you know, and in the short term, the, the two will coexist, right? So 11-speed GRX DI2 will coexist with 12-speed mm-hmm. mechanical. You can expect to see a lot of our sponsored or supported athletes still, still rocking DI2. They love it. Um, yep. it's, it's battle-tested. It's, it's well-loved. So, yeah. But, but do know, we are confirming that, yes, we are going to make a 12-speed DI2. Okay. All right. It's confirmed. Uh, Thank you for this. I, I was about to ask you if there's anything that you think I missed, but I did. I just realized I missed something, which was uh, there are some updates to the brake calipers on GRX. Uh, yeah, what can you what can you tell me there? Well, we've actually got a couple things going on there. The first one is actually a rotor that we launched last year that kind of got lost in um, between Durace Ultegra and 105 Di2. And it's our new CL rotor. So we make a CL900 and a CL800, uh, kind of Durace level and Ultegra GRX level. And the big thing there is this rotor, not only does it cool very well, but it doesn't deform under like really heavy braking, you know, so you don't get any side to side movement, you don't get any noise. And then that kind of mates up with our new calipers where the pads are actually about 10% further apart. So the idea is we want to build a system that's absolutely quiet. So you you match up the new CL rotor with the new caliper, and then, of course, we have a new pad compound for our uh, resin pads, Mm -hmm. and you have got a pretty darn silent system. Yeah, and those resin pads, uh, I mean, I'm I'm out of out of date with them but i mean you, you updated them sometime during covid and claimed twice the durability yes and then you've since updated them again and uh i, I don't know how much more durable they are now but they're more this durable is, this is actually part of that original covid durability yeah uh, we started on the mountain bike side and okay. then we've been kind of migrating it over to the roadside okay and gravel now the other thing worth noting is that GRX now receives the 800 series caliper, now receives the same bleed process that we've had on Durace, Altegra 105, and even GRX Limited, um, which has been really well received because the you're not trying to hold on to a, a tube injecting fluid into a system that is also the open-close valve. So it's a, those are separated now, and it's something that mechanics have pretty roundly rejoiced. Yeah, so you can still use a tube over the bleed nipple at the caliper right that's right it's just that the open close for the bleed yep. process then is, is separated yep. and you've also got a new bleed tool that oh, with a little needle that just game, awesome game changer the new funnels too yeah yeah big step yeah. forward yeah so yeah and th- that that new bleed syringe i mean it's been out a couple of years now yeah but it 
it works on everything that you've got on the market. Worth having. And it's definitely, you know, no more mess. So Tool nerds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out there. I had to get a tool in there. I mean. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else I missed? No. I mean, I just, I'm excited for some sweet skids tomorrow. Let's go ride some bikes. Okay. I didn't know we were allowed to skid. I'm allowed to skid. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you, Nick, Dave. Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. All right. And that's a wrap on this bonus episode of Geek Warning. If you liked what you heard, please send it to a fellow bike geek or perhaps just a friend with a clapped out group set. And if you want to see that group, then please head to scapecollective.com for my full write-up and early ride impressions. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.